I was recently in Minsk uh, with a consulting client, with a coaching client, and we discussed the differences between Western and East Europe in terms of feminism and dating. So how does this translate practically for you when you come uh, to a country like Ukraine or maybe it's Russia or Belarus, Moldova uh, and other parts of the former Soviet Union and you start to date and go out on dates with local girls. Всем привет! Um, welcome back to another episode of the Vodka Podcast with me, Connor Klein. I'm speaking today from beautiful Lviv in Western Ukraine. You can see the university in Lviv right behind me there. You can see it's a beautiful evening, the light. It's uh, coming to sunset, unfortunately, just as I was about to start filming. Uh, some skateboarders showed up just over here and I hope that you're not going to hear too much of them um, skateboarding around. Um, but yeah, that's sometimes what happens when you're trying to film stuff. Uh, it was perfectly quiet and then three of these dudes just showed up. So in today's video, I'm going to delve into a topic that is really, really interesting for you. Um, I was recently in Minsk uh, with a consulting client, with a coaching client and we discussed the differences between Western and East Europe in terms of feminism and dating because it's something where I had to uh, provide really a lot of coaching support in order to correct uh, for the way that he was used to behaving in Denmark where he's from um, when he was interacting obviously with girls in Belarus. Now he's also been on a trip with me to Ukraine so he understood you know it's, it's the same rules are basically going to apply uh, the same differences overall. There's definitely this kind of like line uh, between uh, feminism and dating in Western Europe and Eastern Europe. Of course, there are big differences in Western Europe. I'm not saying that it's homogeneous. Obviously, there's a big difference between, say, Scandinavia and the culture in, say, Spain or Greece. But on the whole, there's definitely a, a separation between how feminism has formed and especially radical feminism over the last few years and how it impacts on gender relations and interactions and that's very important for you when it comes to dating especially here in Eastern Europe and there's lots of stuff that you need to be aware of before you uh, come. So to give you a little to preface this video with a little bit of historical background as to um, and current background about what's happening in Western Europe and this also applies pretty much for North America versus the history of like feminism and women's rights in general roles here in um, Ukraine or in Russia or in Belarus, the former Soviet Union, and why we have this divergence. So feminism has basically achieved most of its original aims in Western Europe and that means basically um, right to vote was one of course one of the first big ones in the first wave of feminism, uh, then economic empowerment, the right to work, access to you know, um, female productive, reproductive rights, right? So basically abortion and um, contraception of, of some sort. Uh, and also then um, more rights in terms of gender related violence, rape, those kind of things. Uh, workplace participation is of course a very contentious one and also, you know, the right to fair pay, but all those things are enshrined in statute. So by law in, um, in Western Europe, and they have been achieved over a long period over say, more or less a century, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, 
So those uh, rights have been achieved. Now, what you've had over the last few years is the rise in popularity of what can be described as radical feminism. Now, radical feminism isn't primarily interested in equality of opportunity, which was one of the things that um, earlier feminism had achieved. It's actually more, it's primarily concerned with eliminating uh, differences between the genders, and that means not just legally and you know, in terms of your right to uh, take part in society, but also culturally, that there should be no difference between men and women, that basic genitalia are irrelevant completely. And that has uh, manifested itself in many ways, especially in popular culture in the West. And you can see that a lot. Um, I think a great example is the recent controversial Gillette ad, which basically uh, conflated traditional masculine strengths in society like ambition, um, courage, um, just physical strength, uh, leading assertiveness with talk what, what's framed as toxic masculinity within a patriarchy, which will be described by radical feminism. And there was a huge backlash to that, backlash to that ad because it really um, pushed forward this radical feminist agenda into kind of the popular consciousness, especially with a brand that traditionally had championed those um, more traditionally masculine uh, virtues and strengths in society. In its previous advertising, you know, I remember the Gelide ads from, I'm not sure I actually remember them at the time, but I've seen them um, from like the 1980s, I think, um, where they basically championed being the best a man can get. That was the actual catchphrase. So as radical feminism aims to, ironically, as we're about to talk about Eastern Europe, um, concerns with equality of outcome, right? So everything has to be equal. There's no difference between men and women, as opposed to equal equality of opportunity, which was what um, was one of the great advancements that's been made over, say, the last hundred years for uh, women in Western Europe. And certainly something that I, I agree with entirely, that they should have, everybody should have equality of opportunity. Um, Equality of outcome is, of course, a very communist <laughs> uh, point of view about it. We should all end up with the same or just being the same, uh, which is ironic because obviously I'm in a country that had a history with communism that wasn't very favorable to it, uh, both economically, culturally and socially. Uh, so that's an interesting development that that's what they, they, they push. And of course, and the reason why you should be primarily interested in this is this, of course, then crosses over into you know, gender relations and, and dating. And I've heard from a lot of my clients their frustration with how dating has developed in Western Europe or North America. And just some of the things that happen as a result of that. Um, my, my, my Danish client, he gave me a very good example where he once sent a bouquet of flowers to a girl that he was romantically involved in with in uh, Denmark. And she actually sent them back to him. Uh, that has never happened in Eastern Europe. I can guarantee you uh, from someone that you actually have an intimate relationship that they would be so offended that you would send them flowers. Here, girls love flowers. Just give them freely and uh, they will love it and they will appreciate it. So that's um, one of the big differences that you're going to see when you, when you come here and you start to date, obviously, uh, girls from this region as opposed to uh, Western Europe. So why do we have this big divergence and what is it like here? Well, one of the things that happened with communism and the Soviet Union is that a lot of these advancements that I mentioned, like the right to vote, uh, take, you know, take political office, um, you know, have equal pay for equal work or just have the right to enter the workforce. I remember my own grandmother struggled with that in Ireland 
would have been back, I guess, in the 1950s. And she actually was, would not have been allowed to work as a doctor when she got married. So she actually left the country basically as a result and moved to the United, United Kingdom. That sounds crazy today that that's what it was, that's what would have happened. But these were not actually issues ironically here for women because of communism. That basically said everybody has to work. Everybody has to take part in society. You didn't really have, you didn't have a choice. You had to go out and work whether you're male or female, regardless of your ethnicity, anything. You were made work. So actually women in the former Soviet Union had access to all these things that women in the West had to fight for politically over you know, a long period of time to achieve. They actually just had them here. And when communism fell and the Soviet Union dissolved in the early 90s, uh, women were actually presented with another opportunity, which was the right to not work. And so, um, you know, feminism and definitely radical feminism, um, you know, just the need for it or the attractiveness wasn't here because they already had, you know, these rights. And now they were looking forward to maybe taking a more traditional um, woman's role of, of maybe being a housewife and not having to work. Now, I'm not saying that in, under communism, women didn't do, you know, more household chores or take any sort of traditional um, female roles like they would have uh, that would have been earlier the case in in the West that did happen but they, they as I said they did have access to all these things that women in the West had to you know fight for basically politically as I've said so that's why uh, the history of feminism is quite different now you're probably seen at the images of those beautiful topless Ukrainian women from Femin and you might be uh, lured into thinking that actually radical feminism has um, some sort of credence here in the region because they're, they were originally from Ukraine. Now they are complete outliers, right? Let's be clear about that. Um, their antics and their, their tactics of, of course, going around topless and protesting. I mean, the protest things about sexual exploitation of women was one of the big things about, I remember the images of Ukraine is not a brothel, for example. Um, those did not really resonate very much with people locally here. Now, they were pretty spectacular. They once actually ambushed, um, maybe that's not the best choice of words, with uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. But uh, basically, yeah, so he was in discussions with uh, Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, and some of the feminine uh, activists. They came and they came in topless and protested uh, in front of him quite uh, to his amusement. And, probably pleasure to a certain extent. Um, so they were from Ukraine, but they were not popular actually here in Ukraine, but because of these international um, um, press exposés, when I say press was just publicity that they got for themselves, they actually became popular outside the country and they got a lot of attention for that, but their message didn't resonate here. And actually they moved their offices abroad to Paris and now basically they're an international organization and they don't have any real relevance here in Ukraine and their campaigns didn't really achieve very much and didn't um, gain a lot of traction here. And uh, what they were uh, basically complaining about like sexual exploitation of women and prostitution. Uh, prostitution is illegal here in uh, Ukraine. That's also something important for you to know. Um, it is probably widespread, not really so au fait with what happens with that. But I, I have had clients who've gone on to Tinder, for example, and they are 
constantly propositioned by women on Tinder for sexual services. So definitely it's something that exists uh, a lot. But that's not the point of this video. It's about you know, feminism and radical feminism and how it affects gender roles for you when, when you come here. So how does this translate practically for you when you come uh, to a country like Ukraine or maybe it's Russia or Belarus, Moldova uh, and other parts of the former Soviet Union and you start to date and go out on dates with local girls. Now the first thing that I have to deal with with coaching clients a lot especially when they come from Western Europe is assertiveness. They want a real man. They want the guy to take charge, plan things and that's very important on a date. You can't ask a uh, hundred questions about what the girl wants to do because then she'll number one uh, just give flaky answers anyways you basically have to plan every minute detail she wants the guy to take charge of things and um, basically you'll look a little bit incompetent like you can't even organize a date uh, for a girl now that contrasts a lot obviously and quite starkly with uh, Western Europe where you know asking a girl's opinion would be seen as polite and considerate uh, but here that's not the case it's not gonna be seen in that positive light it's gonna be seen quite negatively that basically you're you're a moron and you don't know how to organize a simple day for a girl uh, and girls don't really want to be involved in the planning and don't really expect that um, their opinion is really the point now there is of course uh, another significant difference um, that is a part of that and that's the fact that um, girls don't contribute financially here to a date in in general almost at all ever in the history of dating in Eastern Europe has that happened uh, whilst in the West it would be quite common for girls to split the bill at least with guys or maybe even pay the whole bill in some places just to prove I mean a lot of women want to prove that they are financially independent and that is not the case here they want the man to take the lead they actually really want the man to basically show that he can be a provider a good provider and a date is obviously you know maybe not the very first impression but it's one of those so it's important uh, that you're able to show that you can provide and th so that's the kind of quid pro quo uh, with planning is that you basically are going to pay the bills so you decide what where you're going uh, where you're going to pick the girl up um, you know what kind of place you're, you're going to what you've planned with it how much it's going to cost because you are paying for it so those are things that um, definitely play out and if a girl wants something in addition she would normally ask for permission to order that would be seen as proper manners here while it's in the west she would just probably just order it because she's going to pay um, probably at least uh, offer to pay for you know for half the bill at the end so there's definitely very different dynamics and that's something that I really have to coach my clients on is that they tend to especially messages uh, even before even if they're just on tinder they ask a hundred different bloody questions uh, that really just first of all they probably bore the girl and second of all they just don't display this kind of more assertive behavior uh, that would have been a typical back actually my father's day probably in the United Kingdom in Ireland when he was dating uh, whenever I ask him about you know uh, what it was like in his day dating he basically describes it more or less as Eastern Europe today he would have paid the bill he organized everything he picked the girl up he didn't ask her you know for her for 50 different preferences of what you want to do what you want to order he made all the decisions uh, and that's basically what it's like here and something that um, if you are new to the region you're going to have to get used to it and you're going to have to adapt to it and as I said it has to, <clears throat> it does take a little bit of a bit of time and constant you know coaching and someone correcting you in midstream saying no you don't want to you don't want to ask that question again that's what I have to do a lot and then you see the results over a couple of weeks uh, especially hanging out here in East Europe like my client from Denmark had so he's definitely improved 
an awful lot over the last three trips. We've actually taken three trips together, twice to Belarus and once to Kiev in Ukraine. So definitely number one is assertiveness. You have to lead, um, you know, don't start asking lots of questions and, you know, asking the girl where to go. Uh, as I said, that just look, makes you look incompetent. So the second big difference, number two, that I see on a practical level for you when you are dating, especially if you're thinking of maybe taking things a step forward and you know maybe proposing to someone or marrying them, is in terms of accomplishments and how that plays out. Now, in Western Europe, uh, especially today, and this applies to a certain extent to North America as well, of course, like women want to prove that they can become independent, uh, have a career and be financially sound themselves before they tend to settle down with a partner. And that means they delay marriage quite a lot. Um, that's actually something that I don't think is necessarily a good thing for a lot of women. I see that with a lot of my friends who, who are women who are not married in their 30s and it becomes very difficult because um, basically women um, actually peak sooner in terms of their market value, sexual market value uh, than men. And of course, that creates a bit of an imbalance if you're in your 30s and you're a woman and you're looking for someone around the same same age when you know guys are still probably not even at their peak and then they of course can date younger women you know as being visual uh, primarily as men when we look for a mate and then that creates it makes it very difficult for a lot of women especially if they're born into this feminism especially radical feminism so they want to have this independence they will delay uh, marriage they will see that as having accomplishments in terms of the career is more important than uh, starting a family uh, than maybe in the past in Western Europe and definitely more than here. Here in Eastern Europe, women are under a lot more pressure to marry uh, and marry early than in Western Europe. And they would see that is the main accomplishment to be married and have a family before their career. And that doesn't mean that they're not career minded and they don't want to achieve. As I said before, because of workplace participation being higher here, um, under communism that would have been originally in the West. You have a lot, a lot, very high percentage of women in Russia who are entrepreneurs who are involved in the sciences, which is something that in Western Europe is not the case. Women in general are um, weakly represented in the sciences. That's not the case here. So I don't want to give you an impression they're not interested in career, but their priority uh, as women and the social pressure uh, from their families is to actually be married and have a family. And that creates a big difference, especially in terms of what age they would like to get married. So it could be that you start dating a woman here who is um, maybe in her mid-20s and she will already be thinking, I want to settle down and get married. That would be more unusual in Western Europe, especially if the woman has had higher education, is now just basically entering the workplace. She'll probably want to have already, you know, advanced in her career uh, before she thinks about marriage and having children uh, because, you know, that then, then that would happen in the... I see a lot with what happens in Ireland with my old uh, university friends that they tend to get married in their like early 30s, uh, maybe even mid 30s. Uh, and that's definitely not the case here. Women normally want to be married by their mid 20s. Um, that is changing a bit as well. You see a little bit of a delay in marriage, at least from girls that I've dated here in, in Ukraine. It can now be up to 30, I see for a lot of them. And that's something that's different. And, you know, obviously society changes. Uh, so that's a kind of a new trend, but in general, take it that their priorities in terms of accomplishments, will see the family a lot more prevalent than um, their career as being the number one priority. And that's something to be aware of, especially if you are thinking that maybe you want to get married soon yourself, um, that yeah, 
just bear that in mind that it, that's probably a positive in that situation but it can also be a little bit of a shock if you're not in that position and you're not considering getting married and then suddenly you realize that uh, your Ukrainian or Russian or Belarusian girlfriend is thinking that way immediately <laughs> after a very short period of time because she's thinking of her biological clock and the social pressure that she faces here so the third thing um, that's going to be a practical uh, value to you to know about when you're dating here in Eastern Europe is appearance and this is something that you're gonna love uh, as a guy and being more visual um, based uh, when you're trying to choose obviously a girlfriend or a mate in general uh, as guys that's what we you know we're more likely to look at visuals than say women when they choose a when they choose a partner in general and that's appearance here is a big priority women you know they're, they're gonna do their nails they're gonna be wearing high heels a lot more they're gonna uh, even if it means just going to the shop to buy you know, a bottle of milk, they will want to look presentable when they leave the house. It is a, a matter of personal pride and that differs to uh, recent trends in Western Europe and North America where being casual and not really um, making an effort unless you're going to a big event is now more commonplace than it was in the past. I'm not saying that girls in Western Europe don't look after themselves. Um, anywhere i mean i've i love going to sweden for example and i think swedish women definitely do take uh, a lot of pride in their appearance and they they definitely make a, a big effort from what i see when they go on a night out at least uh, but here it's like a 24 7 responsibility if you leave the house and that's something that you're gonna you're gonna notice um, and i'm also actually a little bit shocked when i go back to ireland and i see you know maybe on a sunday um girls hanging out you know after probably been out partying on the weekend and yeah they definitely don't put in the same level of effort into you know their appearance um than girls here do in ukraine for sure there's no real comparison and that's a, obviously a good thing as a guy because girls are really trying to look um their best uh, at all times um it depends it varies a good bit of course what kind of city you are in if you're in say uh kiev the capital of ukraine uh, a lot of girls now will like wear flats uh, they will look trendy and cool um, but they won't necessarily be wearing high heels that's something that you see in you know smaller towns um, more that have kind of not evolved maybe in terms of fashion as much but Moscow Kiev um, you're gonna see a lot more girls in flats also in Minsk when we're there as well than maybe high heels um, because uh, I used to always joke that yeah uh, Slavic girls or girls from former Soviet Union must have been born with high heels because they wear them everywhere uh, but that's not necessarily the case but summing up basically personal appearance is definitely more emphasized here than you're going to see in Western Europe or North America and I hear that from all my clients how amazed they are by the effort that they put in versus their peers in the West so the fourth point that I want to bring up that's a practical value to you in this you know feminism radical feminism um, in Western Europe versus Eastern Europe is to do with gold diggers that word that word that rings alarm bells to a to a lot of guys who visit here I expect also uh, makes you nervous uh, if you're when you're coming here to visit uh, so Eastern European women do have a bigger reputation of being gold diggers than women in North uh, America and Western Europe for sure uh, when I, I mean uh, of course I don't want to overgeneralize and say Western Europe and North America is the same but um, 
definitely women here have a bigger reputation for that. So where does that come from? Uh, and one of the big ones is the what I, what I already outlined in terms of being assertive and paying for the date is that men are still expected to be the primary financial con contributor and that then gives the impression that women here uh, are just interested in money because um, obviously the guy pays for the bills and they don't offer to contribute. Now, I'll give you a little anecdote because um, I actually spoke to my my Danish client this morning and he brought up where he'd been waiting for his date to show up on one of the last nights that we were in Minsk and he actually saw in the table in front of him a couple and the guy had a problem with his credit card and then the girl took out some cash to offer to pay and he was so offended he was so offended that the girl even uh, offered because for him and his pride it was like I'm the guy I'm gonna provide um, so don't even think that you know my card isn't working I'll find a solution so that's another thing guys respect to be the problem solvers um, so because of that because they don't offer a lot of um, not necessarily my clients um, but we'll say guys who come traveling here for the first time I mean I prep my clients before they come so they're aware of all these things they think oh they're only interested in money they're superficial um, because they don't offer to pay and the, the day costs a lot but you know the bottom line is that you chose the restaurant right especially being coached by me you'll know how to do that uh, and do that efficiently um, so don't expect the girl to contribute she's not expecting to do that because in this society girls don't do that so definitely um, there are a certain class of girls and you can see my video you can go back watch my video five reasons never to date a Ukrainian and five more reasons ever to date a Ukrainian girl if you want to know about a lot of the issues that foreign guys have when they come here and what they can you know they complained about um, but as I tried to explain in the second of those two videos it's a lot of time the type of Ukrainian girl that they've been meeting that's the issue and they're the ones that are actually the gold diggers or girls who want to take advantage of guys in general for money um, so that does happen but for most Ukrainian girls they're not they're not gold diggers is the reality they of course want to see the man as being able to provide because that's a more traditional role and because there hasn't been this you know same uh, history with feminism definitely not radical feminism they are completely comfortable with that and actually that's what they want they want to see that the guy can take care of them to a certain extent so they're gonna you know want him to obviously provide on the date etc and maybe with some small presents um, it, but it's not a question of having to spend a lot of money to impress a girl that's no different to being in the west western europe or eastern europe you can go in you know to the most expensive club in the champs Elysees in paris and try and impress some french girl with money as well and you'll have you know just as many gold digging uh chicks hanging out there as you're going to have in a club say in kiev or in moscow that's not going to be very very different now status of the guy is more important i think in the kind of hierarchy of preferences for women here than maybe it is in western europe uh, i think the counter uh, balance to that is actually looks physical appearance in terms of being good looking uh, are actually less important in the preference of women here than they are in western europe so you can say both of them are, are both superficial and important because obviously uh, women have to think about genes subconsciously if they're gonna get pregnant with a guy and what that entails and obviously having genes that you know maybe what we call has been 
good looking basically entails uh, obviously provide better for the children they have better chances of uh, being successful themselves and obviously finances are also important to that the guy is able to you know if she gets pregnant then the guy obviously has money and can help take care of the of the child they're both important things on a subconscious level for women but here it's it's more that status and um, which is related of course at times quite often to money is more important than say the looks factor and that's why it plays up uh, a little bit more and another point on this is the fact that there is no shame here in saying that you're interested in a guy for money or that money is important and in western europe that's a that is frowned upon to, to be overtly um, materialistic and superficial like that um, but believe me most girls are thinking exactly the same thing. They're all so materialistic. They're also looking about how much money you have, what's your social status. Uh, don't be fooled just because they don't express it uh, verbally and girls here tend to, to say those things out loud a lot easier because there's no social opprobrium to doing it here. Uh, and that's an important point that, you know, just because they're willing to say it doesn't mean that they're actually more materialistic uh, than girls in Western Europe who maybe keep their their, their, their tongue in check and don't say it, uh, don't actually say it out loud to your face so overall I would say the majority of girls in Russia Belarus and Ukraine are not more any more likely to be gold diggers than in Western Europe in my experience we take the whole population but as I've explained you are likely to be exposed to that small uh, sliver of the society because it's not massive that are gold diggers uh, if you come here and you're um, a foreigner and you're on maybe tinder and you're going to the best clubs because those girls want to meet you and take your money and they know where to find you because that's where they you know they have a huge incentive to be able to do that and that's probably not your personal experience when you've been in uh, Western Europe or maybe been to North America <laughs> um, so that's just something that you're gonna have to uh, be aware of I of course prep all my coaching clients who come out here and they're aware of all these things all these points and we work in them together a lot um, so if you're actually interested in coming to the region and you know taking advantage of that opportunity then definitely write me an email at connorkline at czarexperience.com or dm me on instagram my instagram handle is Zar experience and definitely you should be watching me on Instagram anyways because I give you a little bit of a snippet of my lifestyle a lot more candidly than I can in the, these YouTube videos just because you know Instagram stories they're still for 24 hours it's taking a little clips and you'll get to see what's like the hangout of the places uh, where I go out and out where I take my clients and um, some of the things we get up to of course it's not all there can't share everything in Instagram for uh, my clients privacy but yeah for sure you'll just get a you'll get a better idea what it's like to come and travel here uh, with me and the kind of coaching that I'm going to help you write me a message uh, don't be shy about it and if it's a good fit uh, maybe we even speak on the phone briefly uh, to discuss it further so that's my overview and a little bit of practical advice for you um, for when you come to Eastern Europe and you start dating the beautiful women uh, that are here locally if you have been here yourself then definitely write me a comment below in the comment section below this video in YouTube uh, tell me about more about your personal experience maybe uh, you've been here before and you actually have experience in dating um, women from Russia or Belarus or Ukraine or another country in the region and 
maybe you've just met girls online been talking to them and you've noticed some things that are different in you know how they approach uh, gender specific roles and how that differs to where you've been living uh, recently if you've enjoyed the video and you got to the end of this video so you've definitely been getting some value out of it if it's only for entertainment give the video a big thumbs up of course strike that like button and you're probably already a subscriber at this stage but just make sure that you've whacked that notification bell beside it because that's the way you get notified and just the way the algorithm works uh, here in um, YouTube and I will see you very shortly in the next video probably in a few days time um, it's going to be an exciting one because as I mentioned I was in Minsk with uh, this Danish um, coaching client and there I made a series of videos he actually helped me on the video uh, the most important one which was what girls in Minsk think of foreign guys so also if you're interested in going to Minsk uh, Belarus and not just here in Ukraine this is one that you're going to want to watch uh, it was a particularly good one I got a lot of exciting feedback and views from girls in Minsk and it was markedly markedly different from the reaction here in Ukraine and I'm going to be going delving into that deeper and deeper over the next month or two explaining to you the differences between um, dating and girls in Belarus versus Ukraine you're gonna love that for sure um, so I'm gonna stop ranting on because I could go for hours as you know uh, in my videos see you soon in the next video Dopobachina, which is goodbye in Ukrainian bye bye Sar experience.